hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. You have tuned in to Kingdom Encounter with Glenn Blakeney. Connect with us for powerful, life-changing teaching and guest interviews that will inspire you with hope and equip you with the knowledge and skills needed to fulfill your destiny in the kingdom of God. Now, here is Glenn Blakeney. Hey everybody, Glenn Blakeney here. So excited about this evening or morning, wherever you are in the world. We're going to be talking about navigating transitions in the kingdom. And let me just tell you that I am an expert at transitions. And what I mean by that is I've been through a lot of change, a lot of transitions. We've been in places and then God moved us to other places. And really a lot of it has to do with the apostolic calling. You know, Paul obviously traveled. He he ministered in many different locations. But hey, what about you? Have you been going through a transition? Are you in transition right now? Why don't you just give me a thumbs up, a heart emoji, just something. Just let me know. Hey, thanks for watching. Please go ahead and share this broadcast. We'll start in just a moment or two. We're going to be talking about navigating kingdom transitions. And let me just say, when we talk about navigating transitions, we're not just referring to personal transitions like relationships, jobs, that type of thing. But we're talking about coming into the place that God wants us to go in his kingdom. This is an amazing season. God is doing something new, something profound. He's bringing us back to the foundations of the New Testament church, ministry, and kingdom culture so that we can move forward and do what he's called us to do. So let me know, guys, um, where where are you at? Have you been in a place of transition? Blessings. Little Debbie Hughes, bless you. Thank you. Edith Rodriguez, God bless you. Neva Share, Amy Stubbs, God bless you. Christy, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Would you go ahead and share if you've not already done so? I'm going to talk about navigating transitions in the kingdom. You know, there are some transitions that we go through. We have absolutely no intention of making a, a transition, but God in his sovereignty decided that he wanted to uh, move us in a new direction. We're going to talk about that time. Hey, Pastor Prakash Daniel, all the way from Florida. Thank you, sir, for tuning in. God bless you. Mighty man of God, my friend, look forward to seeing you in Florida soon. Bless you. Thank you, guys. Hey, Nora, how are you? How's Victor? Bless you. Thank you guys for tuning in. 
blessings to you as well. Wow, guys, thanks. Thank you so much. Let me know where you're watching from. If I don't know you, hey, Catherine, all the way from Jamaica, the land I love. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Um, we're going to be talking about navigating kingdom transitions here. Just go ahead and share the broadcast if you would. Um, also post your comments. Have you been in a transition recently? You can say, yep. You don't have to divulge any personal information, but are you in a transition? Have you, um, are you starting a transition? Um, yeah, just go ahead and post below. Catherine, bless you. Hazy Fernandez, God bless you. Thank you so much, guys. We want to acknowledge you from New Jersey. Edith, yes, bless you. Thank you. All the way from Joyzy, bless you guys. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for tuning in. How do we navigate transition? So I just wrote a really short book. It's a mini book called Three Ways to Know That God is Moving You in a New Direction. John Guy Lockwood Burpee, <laughs> all the way from Little Elm. I know where that is. That's in Texas. I know exactly where that is. <laughs> so I'm actually pretty close to that place. Yeah. Well, Jessica, starting a transition in August 2020. Hey, Joe, all the way in Honduras. Bless you guys. So I'm excited, so honored that you have tuned in. Thank you so much. There we go. Starting a transition, August 2020. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for people that are in transitions. We're going to pray the transition is of um, navigated properly. Thank you so much, Pastor Prakash. Great man of God. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in as well. Bless you, bless you, bless you so much. Are you in a transition? Are you in a transition? Yeah, there, our good friend Joseph Denton in Honduras. He's a missionary, great guy, um, loves the Lord. Yeah, thank you guys. So let's talk about transitions. I want to just mention to you that, um, as I was saying, I've, I've started to write this book or I didn't start to write it. I started to say I have written a book and it's available on Amazon. It's like, I don't know, four or $5 or something. So if you want to go ahead and pick it up, just look for my name, Glenn Blakeney called three ways to discern that God is moving you in a new direction. Also have another book that we just posted on Amazon as well. And that book is about the kingdom shifting into the kingdom. So, um, yeah, let's just go ahead. I want you to take your Bible, if you have one, and let's go over to Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read two verses here, the first two verses of Luke chapter 10. Bless you guys. Thank you. Uh, listen to this, New King James Version. Jesus is um, appointing others to go out and preach the gospel. Here's what it says. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let me just say up front, when we talk about transition, when we talk about new assignments, new seasons, you know, new positions, all of this stuff, the first thing that we have to understand is that God has a kingdom purpose for our lives. 
God knows who you are. He created you as a very unique person, and he has endowed you with spiritual gifts, and he has also a very precise purpose for your life. He he knows what he wants you to do. He knows who you are. And out of that place of your identity, you do ministry. But nevertheless, God still has a very specific purpose and plan for your life. So guys, let's understand right from the beginning that God will position us. He will move us. He will steer the ship, so to speak, to get us to our destination. It's so important that we recognize that God has a plan for our lives. So let's just look at this right from the beginning here in in Luke chapter 10. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So after what things? Well, if you read the previous chapter, you will see that Jesus had sent out the 12 to preach the kingdom, to heal the sick, and so on. But yet, here he is now. He's sending out 70 others as well. And it's very interesting because we know the number 12 represents government, but it also represents Israel, the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes. We know that, but the 12 apostles. So it speaks of leadership, but it speaks Uh, in a very distinct way of Israel. The number 70 represents the Gentiles or the nations of the earth. The number seven, it speaks of completion. And so the idea here is that God is saying, you know, we've sent out the 12, they, they are called to reach Israel, but there's this thing in his heart that he wants to reach the nations. And so ultimately what ends up happening is he specifically enjoins them to to go and preach the gospel. Now, notice in Luke's account here, he does not tell them that they're to be restricted only to the house of Israel, but you know, Luke is all about the Gentiles. He's all about reaching people with the gospel and how God loves the Gentiles as well. So the point I'm trying to make is that the Lord is saying, look, I want to do something very powerful. I want to do something catalytic. I want to launch you into my assignment and my purpose for your life. So the 12 had a purpose. The 12 had a clear mandate from the Lord to go out, but he said 70 others. And it says here that he sent them out. That word in Greek is apostolos. We get our word apostle or apostolic. So to be sent out is to be apostolic. It's to be sent forth by God on an official mission, on kingdom business, in other words. And then listen to this. After he sends out the 70, the Lord says to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. In other words, he's saying this is still not enough. The harvest is so vast. There's so many souls that need reached with the gospel that the 70 are not enough either. Let's pray that the Lord of the harvest, let's plead with, let's entreat, let's petition that the Lord of the harvest, he says here, he would send out laborers into his harvest. And the Greek term term that is translated send out in English is a completely different word. It's not apostolos. It's the word ekbalo. Ekbalo. Everybody say ekbalo. Now ekbalo is an interesting Greek term. Do you guys want to know what it means? Are you ready? Well, let me give you an example. 
when Jesus said to cast out demons, for example, in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 8, the term he used is ekbalo. It means to kick out or to cast out, okay? When he went into the temple and he saw those who were buying and selling and, you know, the money changers and he overturned their tables and he drove them out or he cast them out of the temple. That's the word ekbalo. When Stephen was literally driven out of the city and stoned to death. Again, that's the word ekbalo. Ekbalo is a term in the New Testament language that speaks of force. It can be translated to be kicked out. And the idea is, it's like sometimes God says, you know what, I call people, and, and there are those who respond to the call. They say, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. But then the Lord says, but there's still too few laborers. There's still too few people that are engaged in their kingdom mandate, their kingdom assignment. And so what does God do? He says, I want you to pray to me, the Lord of the harvest, that I would send out. Okay, this is what Jesus is saying, that the father would send out laborers into his harvest, that the father would ekbalo laborers into his harvest. Have you ever felt like God, uh, you know, pushed you in a certain direction? Like, you know, you weren't planning on, on leaving, you were comfortable. And, and, you know, there's times even when it's like, we haven't even been there long, you know, it might be a position uh, or, or a job or, you know, sometimes even a geographical location, and what ends up happening is it's just like the door closes and then people have to move forward. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, wow. And so what ends up happening is it's like God is giving you a push. He's ekbaloing you. And the reason for this is he has uh, an assignment for your life. He has something specific. Now, let me say that seasons always come to an end, right? But there's also times when we feel that we were to go a certain direction and perhaps we missed the will of the Lord. And it's kind of like God is saying to us, what are you doing here? I've never called you to do this. This is not my plan or purpose for your life, you know? And, and certainly we look at a great example of that would be Jonah, right? In the fish. Here's Jonah. He runs away from the Lord and he's in Tarshish. And what ends up happening is like the Lord saying, what are you doing here? I've called you to go to Nineveh. And so the Lord literally ekbalos Jonah. Again, that word means it's a forceful word. It means to kick out, to thrust out, to push. And and Jonah is vomited out of the mouth, out of the belly of a whale, of a fish, and, and he's ekbalowed from where he had rent. So come on now, somebody said, I definitely know what you're talking about. There's relationships, right? You might have been partnering, you might have been journeying, you might be in relationship with other people in terms of ministry or or job or but and it's like God just kind of brings that season to an end. Things dry up. And as I said in my book, which is on Amazon, you can get it just for a few dollars. It's called Three Ways to Discern that God is moving you in a new direction. And I want you to understand, please, that there are seasons and reasons 
uh, that God moves you in a new direction. It's not always like, well, I shouldn't be there. Sometimes it is, as in the example of Jonah. You know, another example is found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where the Lord speaks to the apostles and he says to them, you know, I want you to go and preach the gospel from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth, right? So Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I'll give you the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. Now, you will go and you begin to see in the in the seventh chapter, we see this story about Stephen being stoned. As a result of Stephen stoning, there is a persecution that emerges against the church in Jerusalem. Now, the apostles, they stay put. They don't go anywhere. But the people literally run. They are driven out. They are ekbalowed out of Jerusalem. And they go and they begin to take the gospel to the places the Lord wanted them to go to begin with. We see in Acts 8 that Philip goes to Samaria. He preaches the gospel there. There's a great revival. Many souls come into the kingdom. And then we see others, they take the gospel into the Roman Greco world, initially preaching to Jews only, but then eventually they begin to minister to the Gentiles as well. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, which is you just flip it, and what do you got there? There's this persecution, and all of the believers are scattered. They're ekbalowed, and God says, you know what? I want you to exercise dominion. I want you to subdue. I want you to spread out. I want you to take territory and keep taking the kingdom. So God is a God who has called his people to be moving forward. Now, there is a sense, guys, and I'm just going to say this. There is a sense today in which the church has, for many, many years, not been active in enough in, in reaching all the nations of the world. I thank God for all the ministry that's going on. But if you study things closely, and I, I refer you to just do a YouTube search. There's a video called The State of the World by Global Frontiers. And they talk about how uh, there are three categories of 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 places in the world, regions of the world where where Christians are basically plentiful or virtually non-existent. So category C means the Christian world. That's places where there are many Christians. B is places where they have access to the gospel, but there's not a lot of Christians. And then category A is basically places where there's very little gospel, if any at all, any churches, any believers, that type of thing. So what we're talking about, though, when you look at the earth right now, there's still so many people, there's billions still, that do not understand the gospel. They don't know the gospel. So the Lord is concerned about that. The Lord is looking for those that will say, yes, Lord, I will go. Remember Isaiah? Here am I. Whom shall go for us and whom may we send? Yes, Lord, here am I. Send me. There is a sense in which God is calling people today to go to the nations. And I know 
COVID-19 has delayed that, postponed that. It's only temporary. It'll happen again. And God is looking for people that are willing to go. Now, if you cannot personally go, then you need to partner with those who are called to go. You need to pray. You need to give. You need to to invest. But if you can go, I encourage you to go. Be intentional. Begin to pray about that. So so God is constantly, he's a God of motion. He's a God of kingdom advancement. The kingdom is not supposed to stay in one place. The kingdom is to be extended throughout the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. We see in in the uh, Old Testament, right, in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, the Lord says, I want you to fill the earth. I want you to subdue it and exercise dominion. And what ends up happening is um, after a while, they decide they're going to put down roots in this place called Babel, build a tower, and they're going to stay there. And what ends up happening is God comes in. He confounds their languages. Why? To scatter them. So he ekbalos them. God is always about launching us out into new direction, into new territories. Now, when we talk about this, not just in the context of, well, going to other countries to do missions. Now, let me make it much more personable and relevant to you. There are seasons and times when God wants to disconnect you from certain places, certain people, okay? And even seasons, seasons come to an end. And the Bible is very, very clear that God works this way. As I said, in my book, on Amazon, three ways to discern that God is moving you in a new direction. It's just a short uh, book, easy to read. I talk about the three specific ways that God dislodges us so that we will begin to move forward in the direction he wants us to go. So the opening question in the book is this, has God ever interrupted your life plans for you to follow his? (laughs) Has God ever interrupted your life plans for you to follow his? Come on, go ahead and give me some hearts and uh, type below. Yeah, yeah. Has God ever interrupted your heart plan to follow his? Yeah, praise God. Dennis, I don't know. Uh, I feel like the Lord is saying that that, uh, it's like, yeah, okay, Kenya, have you been there before? It's like I see you have been there before. Wow, this is crazy. It's like, do you speak the language? <laughs> it's like I see you speak in the language. Now, I don't know if you actually know the language or or if you want to learn the language. Dennis Roop, wow. Wow. Yes. Yes, what? Yes, you've been there or yes, you speak the language or both? <laughs> Let me know. Wow. Yeah, I feel like the Lord's saying... That was a situation for you where you were ekbalod. You wanted to stay, but it didn't happen. And okay, yeah, okay. So so God's getting ready to do something for you. Yes to both. Wow, awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's just like I could see you uh, Swahili, right? Yeah, I've been to Kenya. So, wow, amazing. Okay. Well, God's going to do something, my friend. God's going to do something. Okay, Mossy. Wow. Wow. Three languages. Incredible. Wow. Praise God. So that's awesome. Hey, listen. So has God ever interrupted your life plans for you to follow his? Just let me know, guys. Leave your comments. Yes, he has. Yep. Yes. Yes. I see that. Yes. Dramatically. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
has God ever interrupted your life plans for you to follow his? Yep. God really has no compunction about messing up our plans. Because <laughs> he has a greater plan. Do you understand that? He's a loving father. He knows what's best for us. But ultimately, he is king of kings and lord of lords. He calls the shots. He rules and reigns over our lives. And are we willing to submit to him whatever he wants to do in our life? You know, it's so funny. I was talking with someone earlier today, a couple that we know that are involved in missions. And I was just sharing with them how I had uh, an opportunity presented to me just this week. And uh, um, I was just sharing that and, and they just looked at me and they said, you know what? That's a distraction from the enemy. The enemy is trying to get you to go down a road that God has not called you to go down. And I want to tell you that I knew that was the case in my heart. I hadn't told them that. I was just telling them what was going on. And the Lord clearly confirmed that to me. That was not his will. And the enemy sometimes, listen to this. The Lord, he's a good God. He leads us. Okay. And sometimes, so many people say God doesn't force us. He doesn't push us. He just leads us. Look, I've already been talking about the word ekbalo. Listen to that. God knows exactly what we need. Sometimes he gives us a uh, a proper shove or push in the right direction, okay? Now, listen to this, guys. There will come a time, there will come a season when God will say, I want to move you in a new direction. Are you willing? And he hopes, his, pray, his desire is that we will, we will have the needed discernment to know that he is actually bringing a season to closure, okay? Sometimes what we think is the resistance of the devil, okay? In other words, we're trying to do something, we're determined, you know, we're dug in, and we think, man, the enemy is fighting me, and so it's the resistance of the enemy. What we think sometimes is the resistance of the enemy is, in fact, the insistence of our Heavenly Father that we let go and we move in the new direction, that we let go. Sometimes God is just trying to say, you need to let go. It's time for you to move on. So the Lord will come to us. There will be an occasion in your spiritual journey. If you've never experienced this, trust me, you will. <laughs> you will. And what will happen is he's going to do something to try to get your attention, to, to try to get you to, to actually become more focused on moving in the right direction. So he has specific strategies that he uses. So shifting into your next assignment and your next season actually requires you recognize the closure of one season and the beginning or the opening into a new season. It's very, very important. You know, scripture is, is full of examples of God's people uh, being moved in a different us, direction because the Lord orchestrated kingdom. their Please circumstances. One of the, the stories that I love in the Bible Again, is Joseph. Joseph, the book is called Three Ways to Discern God is Moving You in a New Direction. It's a book I just wrote. It's only been on on uh, Amazon for a little while. It's just a short book. You can probably read it in 20, 30 minutes. But it's three ways to know God is moving you in a right in, in a new direction. Glenn Blakeney, that's me, on Amazon, hard copy or the ebook. Thank you. Hey, Marlon Hester. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining in. God bless you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Ashley, bless you too. 
Yeah, thank you so much. True victory, bless you. So we're talking about how God wants to move us in a new direction and how he does that. So I was mentioning Joseph. You know, it's interesting. We look at Joseph and we see what he went through, how his brothers, you know, threw him in the pit. And then he was taken as a slave to Egypt. Right. And then, well, of course, he, when he was in Egypt, he ended up working for Potiphar. Then he went into prison and then eventually to the palace. So we know from the pit, right, to the prison, to the palace. We preach that, and that's certainly a process in which God leads us through. But when you read Psalm 105, it's interesting. Psalm 105 says that the Lord called for a famine. Remember that? While Joseph was in the position, basically as, as the uh, prime minister of Egypt, the, it says the Lord called for a famine. There was a famine that hit the world. Now, who called for the famine? the Lord. Then it says this, that he sent Joseph ahead of his brothers. Think about that. The Lord says, okay, in the Bible, Psalm 105, he sent Joseph ahead to prepare the way. So God was the one who sent Joseph to Egypt, but his brothers threw him in the pit. His brothers sold him uh, as a slave. Okay. So, but it says God was the one who sent him. Okay. So see, do you understand what I'm saying? God knows what he's doing with our lives. And if we're willing to trust him, no matter how painful it may be at times, how unpleasant it is, how it doesn't even make sense to us, God has a purpose. He has a plan. And ultimately, his plan will be a blessing to many people. Joseph summarized it in Genesis 50. He said, what you all meant for evil, God, what, has used for good. God had good it, the outcome is good. God had a great plan for it all. So we have to recognize that every detail of our lives is being woven together continuously for good. We are his children. He loves us. We are called by God to fulfill his designed purpose for our lives. And I just quoted from Romans eight twenty eight in the Passion Translation. Listen, I love this verse. This is a powerful verse. I'm going to read it to you from the NIV. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Wow. The Lord's purpose is going to prevail, y'all. His purpose is going to prevail. He knows what he wants of our lives. And God has a purpose. And when God says, I'm going to open a door. No man's going to be able to close that door. When God says the set time has come, nobody can can uh, shut a door that God has opened for you. God will make it happen. God will make it happen. So here are three ways that God moves us in a new direction. Okay, I'm going to just touch on them very briefly. If you want uh, to read this, to know this in greater depth, please get my book on Amazon. Three ways to discern God is moving you in a new direction, okay? Uh, three ways God works to move us in a new direction. Number one, he disrupts our plans. He disrupts our plans. We had this plan, and God throws a monkey wrench in it. He messes up our plans. Wow. Number two, the dissipation of our resources. We, it's like, wow, no resources. No resources. Okay, so... It's like the resources dry up, they dissipate. And then lastly, dissolution of relationships. 
I'm not talking about relationships like marriage relationships, like, like God tells us to, you know, to leave. I'm not saying that, but you understand this. Are you ready? The disruption of our plans, the dissipation of our resources and the disrupt, uh, the, I'm sorry, the dissolution of relationships. Okay. So God disrupts our plans. We've talked about that. We see this happening many, many times in the scripture. Okay. God has a plan and he has a purpose. I talk about in the book, a place called AI. Okay. That's the place that was literally in between Egypt and the promised land. Now, AI literally means the place of ruin, the place of ruin. It's an in-between place. Listen to me. The point I'm trying to make is when we are on a journey, when we are moving forward in a particular direction, the enemy will try to destroy us. He'll try to ruin us at an in-between place. Okay. You may not be where you once were, but you still are not where you need to be or where you're going. Somebody says that interim space, that interval is the hell in the ha- in the hallway, the hell in the hallway. Transition can be difficult. Transition can be painful. Again, just consider the story of Joseph. Consider, consider David in the cave. There's so many examples in scripture, but God still has a purpose. The children of Israel, interestingly, were not sent directly from Egypt into Canaan, the promised land. God sent them into the wilderness. God sent them into the wilderness and in between place. Now, here's the thing that is interesting about the wilderness. You know, when when Moses was commanded by the Lord to go to Pharaoh and to say, let my people go, if you look at it carefully in, in the text in Exodus, you will see that Moses said this, quote, you know, this is what the Lord said to Moses, and he was to bring this message to Pharaoh. Let my people go that they might worship me in the wilderness. Another time, let my people go that they might hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Do you understand that the wilderness is a place where we learn to worship God? According to Deuteronomy 8, it was a place where they learned to depend upon God, a place where they learned to depend upon God. It's an interesting place. It's an interesting place. God humbled them in the wilderness. He prepared them for the promised land. To the Israelites, and I'm just quoting, this is a paragraph from my book. To the Israelites, Egypt had been a place of pain and poverty. But God had promised he would take them into Canaan, the promised land, which would be a a place of peace and prosperity. But this would happen, or before this would happen, they would enter the wilderness where they would be proved and processed. Okay, so before you move from pain and poverty into peace and prosperity, you're going to have to be proved and processed. God wants you to be ready He wants to prepare you. He wants to increase your capacity for what he's called you to. So what does God do? He may mess up your plans. You think you're going in a certain direction, you get stuck. Why am I stuck, right? Why is it? Listen to me. God has a reason. God has a reason. Or God closes a door, sends you in a new direction. You're like, well, how do I get there? 
you know, and you feel like you feel like you're just you're just bogged down, like you can't go anywhere. Listen, God has a plan. He loves you. And this is a season to seek him for the right open door. You know, when Paul wanted to go to Bithynia and preach the gospel and it says the Holy Spirit forbade him to preach the gospel to to Asia Minor, to Bithynia. Okay, it says this that the Holy Spirit forbade him. The Holy Spirit said, no, Paul, you're not going in there. And what did he do? He went to a place called Troas with his team. And while there, Paul received a vision in the night. The Lord spoke to him and said, Paul, I want you to go to Macedonia and preach the gospel. The Lord, even though he might have messed up your plans and you might feel stuck, he has a plan. He has a purpose. He's going to move you forward in a new direction. Okay, secondly, the dissipation of resources. When God wants you to go in a new direction, he may cause you to experience the drying up of the brook, so to speak. Of course, we're considering the story of Elijah here, right? He was at uh, Cherith or Kerith for quite a while, and then the Lord dried up the brook. So what do you do when the brook runs dry and the birds won't fly? Okay, God wants to speak to you. God has a plan. He has a purpose the Lord spoke to him and, and told him to go to Zarephath. So the Lord had provision for him in Zarephath. But there's a purpose for Cherith. Cherith is a place of temporary residence. It's a place of provision. It's a place of preparation. But it's not a place of permanence. And God will prepare you before he promotes you. And often the more powerful the promotion, the more profound the preparation process. God needs to prepare us. Think about it. This in the natural, if you're going to be uh, an Olympic athlete, if you're going to contend at that level, you're going to have to train at that level as well. So God has a plan. So you might experience that your resources have dried up. Perhaps financially you've, you've been struggling. Uh, maybe a business deal went bad. Something just didn't go the way you thought it would go. Or after a season of success and fruitfulness, things just kind of dried up. Have you ever been there, guys? Come on now. Just give me some comments. Give me some feedback in the chat, please. Have you ever been there? Are you there now? I'm going to pray for you at the end of this broadcast. So God causes you to experience the dissipation of your resources. Why? Because he wants to move you in a new direction. All right. Lastly, dissolution of relationships. Dissolution of relationships. And as I said earlier, please note, I'm not addressing covenant marriage relationships here. But there will come a time even uh, where you're experiencing, you know, um, something just kind of goes pear-shaped with a relationship. You know, go sideways. In North America, say sideways. In Australia and other parts of the world, they say pear-shaped. But what happens is things just don't go the way you thought they were going to go. A relationship, yeah, a business deal didn't go the way I expected after 20-plus years. Wow. Hey, God's got something better for you, Catherine. It's okay. Trust him. Worship him in the wilderness. Come on now. We got to learn to worship him in the wilderness. Many of us can praise him in our promised land, but it's not until we learn to worship him in the wilderness that we're going to get the breakthrough that we need. So relationship. Okay. First Samuel 29, six through seven. Here's David. He's with King Achish and the Philistines. 
He's getting ready to fight against Saul and the armies of Israel. And what happens is at Kish, his heart changes toward David. He's no longer favorable toward David in the sense that he's saying, David, you can't be with me any longer. You need to go back. And the generals are, aren't supportive of you being with me. And so his heart turns in a new direction. And so there's this kind of dissolution, this, this breakdown in the relationship, so to speak. Now, King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said in Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. The Lord was turning King Achish's heart in a different direction. Why? Because he had a better plan for David. He did not want David attacking his own countrymen. He had a plan for David to become the king, and he did not want him to. That would have basically ruined it for him, as you know, and, and, and the blood that would have been on his hands. Have you ever been in that place where you're journeying with someone? You, you might be in a business relationship. Maybe you're at a church, um, a job, and then things just kind of melted down. There was this meltdown in a relationship. Didn't go the way that you were thinking it would go. And, and you're just like, why did this happen? Well, I understand that people can be mean and nasty. I get that. But I'm telling you that God will still use that for his purpose. Okay, God doesn't cause people to be mean and nasty. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is he uses that at times for his purpose, right? Like he used um, the situation with Joseph. So, so what happens is God actually turns people's hearts. Remember, he hardened Pharaoh's heart, right? And when you study that closely, it says, the first thing it says is that Pharaoh hardened his heart. Then after that, it says Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Then later on, it says the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. So the Lord only hardens what, what is already there, okay? He just causes it to, to be intensified. Okay, so when this happens, when you've been in a relationship and and things, you know, just didn't go the way you were expecting. There was an unanticipated meltdown. Um, I know it can be painful. I know it can bring confusion. But please understand that these divinely sanctioned transitory connections, in other words, you need to be able to discern, discern between what is meant to be provisional and what is meant to be permanent, okay? Transitory relationships, transitory connections are kind of to, to teach you something, to um, equip you, or to even resource you, but then to launch you out in a new trajectory, okay? They're not sustainable, but they still have a purpose in facilitating the plan of the Lord for your life. So don't take it personally when or become bitter when, when this happens, when there's a meltdown in a relationship, okay? Don't take this personally, because like a stream of water, the Lord is turning hearts as he pleases and is making it easier. Listen to this. He's making it easier for you to let go. Wow. He's making it easier for you to let go and move into your next assignment. Wow. Listen, I was somewhere recently, my wife and I, and there was a, a family there. They were musical and um, they were leading worship at this gathering. And I, I never saw them before, never knew anything about them. And I knew 
that they had been ekbalot from a situation. And when I say that, I'm not talking that the Lord had, that man had necessarily kicked them out, but I knew the Lord had extracted them. The Lord had used some force, you know, whether he dried up the brook, caused a relationship to, to dissipate, whatever it may be. Um, he, he literally caused them to be removed from a particular ministry context they were involved in. Now, I didn't know anything about this, but I looked at them and I said to them, I see you being extracted from a situation. God has removed you. And I told them the word Ekbala, what it means. And I said this, sometimes what we perceive as men's rejection is, in fact, God's redirection. What we sometimes perceive as men's rejection is God's redirection for our protection and our perfection. Come on now. God knows what he's doing in our lives. This uh, brief message is taken from my new book called Three Ways to Discern God is Moving You in a New Direction. I have another book on Amazon as well that's new. It's uh, Again, these are two small books. I'm working on a full-length book right now. It's going to be out in the next uh, two or three months. It's on the, co- the topic of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. And, and I'm working on a fourth book, which will be out later this year. And the fourth book is all about the new normal for the church. Guys, we're in a season where the church is being dismantled. The church is being um, reconfigured. God is doing something new. It's going to be the new normal, denominationalism, institutional churches, and all that kind of stuff are are not only in decline, but they're basically at a place of demise. God is doing something new. He's doing something fresh, something that's uh, relational, something that's apostolic, something that's really all about his kingdom. You know, Jesus only mentioned church two times, both in Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. But when you read the Gospels, he talked about kingdom over a hundred times. So listen, this is so important. In fact, the New Testament, I think over 160 times it references kingdom. This is so important that we get this right. God is moving his people. He's positioning us strategically to be with the right people in the right places. And uh, sometimes it might be uh, a business idea. It might be uh, kingdom connections to provide resources, prosperity, provision, all of those things. If we trust God, like Joseph, right? I mean, come on now. Joseph was able to save a nation because the Lord navigated his life circumstances and sent him where he wanted him to go. Joseph did not get bitter, right? What did he say? You meant it for evil, but God had a plan. God used it for good. That's how we need to be. You might be in a place right now where you are in a transition. If not, some of you, you're going to experience transitions in the future. You might have been, you know, like those people, you ever see somebody, they do the same job. They never change. They never move. You know, and it just seems like stable like this. You know, (laughs) I don't know too many people like that. But listen to me. Sometimes it's just like, okay, we're so set in our ways. We are so dug in that it's like God just can't, can't use us at times. Don't ever become like that. Don't ever become so stuck in your ways. 
come on now. God wants to use you. Uh, just be ready to, to move into whatever he calls you to do next. Just be ready. Say, Lord, here am I. Thanks for tuning in to Kingdom Encounter with Glenn Blakeney. To learn more about us, including how to connect to our kingdom community, please visit our website, awakenations.org. Again, that website address is awakenations.org. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so other listeners like you can receive powerful, life-changing teaching. We appreciate that effort, and we hope you'll join us again in the next episode of Kingdom Encounter. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. El Todos Hablamos McDonald's Deal. Porque cuando están decidiendo qué ordenar y la tía Carmen te dice, McNuggets, mijo, y una de las hamburguesas con esa salsita, ¿sabes? Ya tú sabes que eso significa una Big Mac. Y lo sabes porque tú también amas esa salsita. Hay un meal para cada cena familiar en McDonald's. Ordena por anticipado por el app de McDonald's y llévate dos de tus favoritos, como McNuggets de 10 piezas y una Big Mac por solo 6 dólares. Precios y participación pueden variar. Producto individual a precio regular.